It is hard to believe sometimes that it has been 10 years since Congressman John Lewis and then Mayor Shirley Franklin came here to open uh, the ministry that we know as Threads. 10 years uh, to this day, basically. And I remember well we had a strategic planning process and we're asking around the community what the needs were and we kept hearing we need children's clothes, good quality clothes for children. And I remember how far my heart sank as I thought about a clothing closet. Oh, God, those ministries are so hard. It's just, And thank God also that some of you, Wendy Silliman in particular and, and Bob Miller, our current senior warden and others, and others uh, had a broader vision of creating a place where children could be clothed with dignity, where families could come and for a little while be invited into relationship with God and neighbor for a, for a minute or two or for an hour or two or for a lifetime and have an experience of grace and that we would, uh, with one another and with them, also receive grace upon grace and learn again that it is in giving that we receive. Now that, uh, well, there are lots of statistics of the numbers we've served, but the real power of that ministry comes in the stories that you tell each other and tell me. The stories about uh, the little boy who comes back uh, a second year because he's grown out of his clothes and has been doing really well in school because he feels so good about himself and is able to accomplish things he didn't know was possible with, with, uh, until he was given proper clothes. It's, it's an extraordinary thing, this, this ability to do more than we imagine something as simple as clothes come into place. I want to think about Joseph for a moment. But before I get there, I want to tell you about something I learned earlier this summer uh, at my son Alexander's graduation. Uh, he, the graduation uh, ceremonies that he went to were relentlessly academic <laughs> and tediously long. And the speaker was an academic uh, from, from the university who'd been selected on some basis or other, and he shared about his research in ways that he assumed was going to be interesting for us. It was a stretch, but, but, it, but, but if I, to the, po- the point that I got out of this long peroration was, uh, was that he had, uh, he'd been looking at how statistics suggested that African Americans spend more money on bling and consumer goods and clothes and that sort of thing than other groups. And he wondered what that was about. And, and the bottom line of his research was that every single one of us It's not a a racial thing. Every single one of us try within our own small local area and communities to distinguish ourselves from from each other. And we all want to be in Lake Wobegon. We all want to be above average. And we do things to help ourselves think of ourselves that way. And it might be a new set of clothes. Or it might be a new car. Or it might be jewelry. Or whatever it is that we do that signals that we're somehow just a little bit above average. And it affects, even if we think it doesn't, it affects every single one of us. And, and, and so, in one level, knowing that we're okay can allow us to accomplish great things. But another level, it can lead to a downside, which is envy, which is jealousy. The, the, 
the keeping up with the Joneses thing is not just a myth. It affects every one of us in, in ways we don't even know it affects us. It's how community norms about dress, for example, get established. Very, very interesting stuff. But the downside is that we start desiring what we perceive the others to desire. So Joseph, some of you remember from Sunday school, the, uh, technic- the, uh, the coat of many colors. Or some of you remember Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream coat. Or it could be translated a richly ornamented coat. Or in our incredibly pedestrian translation, a coat with long sleeves. <laughs> but the point wasn't the coat. The point was Joseph's brothers saw uh, that he was beloved of his father and they desired that. And they were jealous and their jealousy led them, rather more quickly than perhaps us, but it led them to do violence. Led them to sell him into slavery. It's a complicated thing, this, this business of desire. And very often, without our even knowing it, we can find ourselves feeling a little out of sorts, a little malaise. Perhaps something's going on that's real in our lives, illness or whatever, and we find that life is not working out as we think it should. That life is not quite being fair. That we want what others have or appear to us to have. In the days when you could still put magnets on refrigerators, I had one that said, the only normal people are the ones you don't know very well. (laughs) The point is we don't really know the other whose well-being we desire to have. Uh, it's, it's just tricky, but it can lead us to do violence in the ways in which we act out. Whatever your way is, shopping too much, because that one suit of clothes made you feel so good, compulsive shopping won't. It's a violent form of downgrading, drinking too much. Whatever it is that we do when life isn't quite how we want it. Now, an antidote to that is often said to be uh, count your blessings. And that's wonderful as far as it goes. Remember that things are pretty good, or that even when things are bad, you've got a lot of good stuff going on. But for me, that usually winds up feeling pretty passive. And if my own malaise goes on and on and on, then I want to do something to change it. And this is where the story of Peter comes in. The story of Peter getting out of his boat and walking on water toward a goal, in this case his Lord, towards a purpose, towards something different, something way out of his comfort zone. And then it is only when he notices the wind and the waves that he begins to sink. And that is true for so many, probably for all of us, when we seek to change our circumstances. That the moves we make will appear to be undermined in one way or another by some set of circumstances, not to blame anyone, but but we can feel ourselves being sabotaged, we can see naysayers, or we can sabotage ourselves, that little voice inside that says, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? What do you imagine? That you, what do you think, you're Jesus or something? So I, I've been really tired of the last few years of everywhere we go in church circles, there are prognostications about how the church is in decline, American Christianity is a problem, blah, 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 blah. I decided, well, we're going to do something about that here in the next year or two. We're talking more about what it means. We'll try some things differently, try and form some some new kinds of community uh, that may or may not uh, feed us. 
in some ways. But it's going to be uh, a, a challenging time, not just the challenges of construction and the up-ending of having to worship in Ellis because the church is being done. We'll be back there next week. But more a time of, of uh, well, there'll be lots of things that aren't quite smooth, rough edges. And all those voices are going to say, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why can't we just go back to our comfort zone, get back in the boat? And Peter starts to sink. And he says, help me. And Jesus reaches out his hand and says what every one of us can hear from the love that is at the heart of the universe, that voice, if we will allow ourselves to hear it, saying, I am here. You are beloved. Do not be afraid. Why do you have such little faith? Remember that when you are loved, you can do anything. When you know yourself clothed in dignity, you can accomplish great things. When you get out of the boat, all of you, all in, you can accomplish extraordinary things. That voice says, I am here. You are beloved. Be not afraid. So blessings to those of you who volunteer with Threads and the work you do. Blessings to Laurie Jurisco and all those who lead that ministry. Blessings to those who are starting new school years. Blessings to those of you whose circumstances are really hard at the moment. And blessings to you when you choose to get out of the boat. Blessings as you remember. You are beloved. Do not be afraid. Let us respond to the gospel in silence and in prayer.